Potentially, but I would I would go with Doc Rivers out of most coaches, if anything. So, and I think you I think we will see the best of the Sixers in quite a while. But this might be the last year that they like if they can't get any type of good traction this year, like you might have to trade one. And in this case, I think you trade Joel. inventory our proud partners here on the show now you can finally have the apple product times the apple guys that's right from airpods to iphones to macbooks to apple watches to trade-ins and much more now you can have the apple product of your dreams promo code podcast gets you 20 percent off that's right 20 percent off on any apple item visit opulent inventory nash and guardy those are great guys on all social media platforms, and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. Welcome you guys back inside the Studio Z, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming to you from WNSC Radio in 16 different platforms worldwide. Your host, myself, Sebs, alongside my ride partner, Michael Gray. Michael Gray, back at it again. Mike, how are you doing out there in the tri-state areas? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. We actually got some sunlight. Yeah, it's it's, it's not... It's not as cold as it was um, towards the end of 2020, but um, it, it, it's, it's, def- it's definitely still a little frigid out there. But at least we got some sunlight out there. We can get some. We can, we can get some sun. Everything's pretty good up here. But how about you? How's everything down south? Uh, it's it's been pretty brutal for me internally, uh, with, with you know family matters and and, and stuff of that nature. Um, but we're, we're we're trying to stay upright. We're trying to move forward. Uh, yeah. Pretty. It, it's it's pretty. Uh, how would I say? Like it's it's pretty mixed over here. One day it gets hot, another day it gets cold. Um, it's nothing's consistent down here, but um, um, but we're on the merrier path for sure. Yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah, twenty twenty one. We are we started a new year, right? New 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 adventures, uh, new uh, new goals, new ambitions. It's a uh, it's a great way to start the year. No doubt, no doubt. That for you. And speaking of twenty twenty one. Seems as if, Mike, this is probably an extension of, of 2020, how it, it started, you know, with the events in, in your hometown and in, in the nation's capital. Uh, you, you know, what were your thoughts on, in regards to that? Um, you know, that that was something that definitely took the, the nation by storm. Uh, it, was, it was something um, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised. And I was actually surprised that people could be surprised uh, by what transpired. Um, uh, this is this is the world we live in. This is the country we live in. And um it just it just didn't seem right for somebody that's from the area it it didn't seem <laughs> organic to me everything seemed 
fake because right. if anybody knows anything about the U.S. Capitol or anything about that area, you can't even be 100 feet uh, in the vicinity of the United States Capitol without, um, you know, it's heavily guarded. It's heavily, uh, it's, it's plenty of cameras all over the place. And the fact that not only were they able to get a hundred, not only a hundred yards or a hundred feet from the spot, they were in there. They were in there. They were, you know, very little resistance from security, very little resistance from anybody that was guarding the place. And it just, it just didn't seem authentic. It just seemed fake to me. Um, I didn't put too much stock into it because I just, I just, it, none of it added up to me at all. So, but, um, but it was, it was unfortunate. I know, I know it had the country in the uproar, but, from my perspective and me knowing everything I know about what it takes to even get in the vicinity of the United States Capitol, yet alone get in there and start talking your trash and starting like you must have get bad and you, you know, you all of us to stomping all up and through there. Nah, it just didn't, it didn't seem authentic to me. Yeah. I, I, it, it had to be coarse to, to me. It had to be <laughs> premeditated. Mike did those, those type of stuff. You just don't wake up one day and, 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 and do, but my thing is this, Mike, if that was, anybody of 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 color and that that's that that's not just saying you know blacks we're talking of of Caucasian, of um european descent of of south american descent um right. we're talking about asian ethnic backgrounds or anybody like that 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 would have never happened like i can almost guarantee you that would never happen and kind of like what you're saying like how you know they they didn't have any resistance and stuff like that if that were anybody else, just to think about, you know, the stuff that transpired must have been absolutely crazy. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. It, it definitely was. And I'm glad you brought up that point because that point about um, if it was, you know, a, a quote unquote, somebody of color, somebody, um, you know, any aboriginal or anybody like that, it would have been a problem. But not only that, you, when you have a situation like this, what you're doing is you're creating an illusion. Right, that you're creating an illusion for some of the our, our young brothers and sisters <laughs> that might that that might think that that's cool to think that that's a tactic that they can pull right. because they just saw a visual perspective of that on on television. You're creating an illusion for them to, and you're tapping into their ignorance per se, of potentially thinking that they can get away with something like that as well. And that's 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 just uh that's, that's it doesn't bode well for our people. It doesn't as well. I thought guys like Jalen Brown and, and and LeBron James and a few others. Stated it right, um, Mike. They they said that this is two Americas that we live in. We have one America where, you know, it, it's 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 deemed as a crime to to kneel in the national anthem, and then there's there's also another America that that is privileged enough to be able to start rioting and and being able to get themselves into the white house and not only get into the white house but start doing damage like breaking into things um pulling out firearms and being able to uh use them so it's it's just it's a lot of things that transpired and 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 and, and, and it, it's our, our country's in disarray mike yeah, it definitely is and you know the um uh president projected uh elect joe biden hasn't even been sworn in yet you know it's um he had a couple more, a couple more weeks, so about a week and some change until that, until that transpires. But um, yeah, it's uh, this is the beginning of twenty twenty one, man. It's something that we gotta, um, we gotta prepare for. It's, it's not, um, it's not something to, 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 to try to alleviate. It's, it's something that's here. It's alive and well, and we gotta be prepared for anything, anything that, that transpires. Right, right, no doubt there for sure. We gotta prepare, um, 
for the worst if anything were to happen. And speaking of preparing, we'll stay right there in Washington. Um, a Saturday night, all eyes mm-hmm. are going to be in the nation's capital. We're going to go ahead and dissect my all wild card matchups. The postseason is finally here. Postseason is finally here. We've got, <clears throat> first off, the marquee matchup on Saturday night, 8-15 on NBC. The debut of Chase Young's. Chase Young's, that's right. Chase Young's playoff career debuts Saturday night, prime time on NBC against Tom Brady. Now, Mike, it's it's it's. I, I like what the young kid did. I'm I'm a huge Chase Young fan, but sometimes, as they say, you don't want to poke a bear. Uh, he's he wants Tom Brady. He's calling out Tom Brady. He's you know you know putting it out there on the media. Uh, <laughs> playing with fire, Mike. Uh, that's uh, one thing I know about Tom. He, he, the man, has internal fuel, Mike, and and already has fuel as is. And to to try to let something else, I, I like the kid. I really do. I like the kid. But as Bruce Arians said, you're a fantastic ball player, but be careful what you wish for. Be careful for what you wish for. So, Mike. With this being said, is is there a way? Uh, the Buccaneers are favored by seven and a half in this game, but is is there a way for the Washington football team to to come out here with a victory uh, on Saturday night? Absolutely, and that's dictate the pace and style of a game. Run the football, uh, game manage with Alex Smith, and don't turn the ball over, and, and continue to get pressure on the quarterback and play great defense like you've been doing for the last part of this season. There is a recipe for them to win this game. Will they win this game? I don't think so. And like you said, Chase Young's comments, uh, add to my sentiments as well. I had Tampa Bay winning this game, winning a dog fight. I, I, Washington is going to be a tough out. This is going to be a, Agreed. A, a a slug it out game. This isn't going to be a game. I don't see Tampa Bay um uh, going on that crazy offensive hot streak that they got on uh, the last few games of the season against this team. This is going to be a dog fight, a slugfest. This defensive line is too good for Washington. And um, in a way, I would usually I would agree with you. You don't want to poke a bear like Tom Brady because Tom Brady is one of those guys that we've seen what he does when when dealing with uh you know um, trash talking the media pregame and stuff like that. We see how that fuels him and, and the performances that he comes out with. But at the same time, I think I like it in this situation, Sebi, because not only is he challenging Tom Brady in Tampa Bay by saying this, he's also challenging his teammates. Right. Hey, look, we're already the underdog. We're already the a, a team that nobody in the in the country is gonna pick. Uh, the NFL is against it. Every, everybody's against us winning this game. Why not poke that poker bear, say something that's not only going to get me fired up because I, 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 I know how I play, but I also is going to help my teammates get even more fired up and they might even get more locked in. And you never know. We, we might put the pressure on them come Saturday night. So in a way, I like it because it's new. It's something, it's something we haven't seen from him before because he's so young. But um. At the same time, it could be one of those situations where you can get humbled on Saturday, and that would be a good thing as well because it'd be a learning curve for him. It'd be a maturation process that he would have to go through and the team would have to go through. But um, there is a recipe for uh, success for Washington, but I don't see them winning this game. I see Tampa Bay winning. Absolutely as well, Mike. And, and I, again, I like the kid. I, I like what he stood. There, but there's just some human beings that, you know, you just don't, <laughs> you just don't want to – just don't want Make to mess point. with. Uh, Tom Brady is – statistically the greatest postseason player ever not we're not just not quarterback we're talking postseason player ever and and for you to be a rookie 
and, and stuff like that. And I get it, Mike. It, it speaks volume to the character of this kid, right? A rookie who's mm-hmm. already a captain in that locker room. And, and, and you made a great point about maybe this is a message to his team. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're going out there. We're in our home turf. We're not looking to get blown out and stuff like that. So we'll see how they respond. But um, the way that the Buccaneers, the, the last the last uh, uh, four weeks of the month uh, uh, of the season, the way that this, this potent offense, Mike, is starting to come to its own, obviously we know – uh, the greatness of Mike Evans, seven straight seasons of a thousand yard seasons passing Randy Moss. Um, but but you 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 catapult that with a B Scotty Miller. You you add that with Chris Godwin and uh, 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 the emergence of some of these other guys, including Gronk and then Ronald Jones. And uh, the list goes on, Mike. I, I think if not only the Bucks are are, 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 are favored to win this, but if they can win this, Mike, that narrative again, uh, 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 they may have to go to Lambo. And what do you know, Mike? What did you say wow. happened in 2011? Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy when you think about it, right? <laughs> it's crazy to That's... think about. It's crazy to think about. It's crazy how we just and... talk about these things and they just find a way to fall into its lap, right? Exactly, and I'm glad you brought that about Tampa Bay because they're they're interesting in this in this regard because Washington is a team that what Washington is is a team that is scary because that D line is 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 amazing, right? And the pressure that they can get on the quarterback, they can really decide this game. They're in order for them to win this game. It's gonna take a Herculean effort from their defense right. because offensively they don't have what it takes to match up in a shootout with Tampa Bay. It's not even close. They'll get ran out. They'll get ran off the field. So the defensively, Chase Young making this point. Yes, he's a captain, but he also plays defense as well. Those guys that's gonna be on the field with them with him. He's giving them even more motivation to go even go that much harder and come out with a victory because they, they dictate this game. They dictate whether or not the Redskins, or excuse me, the football team, will have a legitimate shot in this game. And right. I, I I like it. It's, it's interesting. We'll see on Saturday if it works for them or not, but I like it, man. Yeah, I, I do too. That, that that front seven is is very good. Any any chance I see them winning, they, they have to get two, two uh, defensive to. scores. They, that That's, that's the okay. only path to victory, Mike. They're going to have to get two defensive scores, whether it's a pick six, a fumble returned. Is it possible? Absolutely. They've got personnel to do that. Um, That's just asking a lot of of your defense, though. Um, Stack Tom Brady being able to uh, uh, manufacture pressure, then being able to to – turnover a guy that really doesn't even turn over the ball that much it's 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 a it's a tall task for a young team so um moving forward here uh we go to uh the earlier matchup on saturday we've got the buffalo bills mike they're hosting their first first that's right their first playoff game since 1995 right that's the days where the bills went to the super bowl four times in the 90s jim kelly andre reed and those great teams but now it's turned to Stefan Diggs and Mr. Josh Allen. Nobody's improved this year more than Josh Allen, Mike. We saw what he did in from year two to year three in the MVP campaign. And boy, um I, I, I think this is, is another lopsided matchup to me, Mike. Uh, obviously, Philip Rivers been there and done that. He's he's done it in the playoffs. 
Um, the, 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 the Colts have a very opportunistic defense up front. They can get uh, after you. And then they, they got some playmakers in the back end, but they're going up against, you know, Cole Beasley, who may be the best slot receiver in the NFL. And, and they're going against not only the, the receiving leader in the NFL, but also the receptions leader in the NFL and Stefan Diggs. I think it's a tall task. And I think the Bills, they, they, they get this done quite, quite, quite easily. Okay. Um, this this matchup is interesting to me because coming into this week, when they when they when they when they laid out the matchups, this was the 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 one game where I said this is out of all the wild card games, this is the matchup of two of the most complete teams in the game, because Buffalo what they bring to the table and Indianapolis what they bring to the table, these are two solid and well coached football teams, and because they're in Buffalo, because they're in that weather, because they're going against a dome team. Um, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. The Indianapolis Colts, like you said, Phillip, the, the Phillip Rivers, it really, it, he really dig, dictates how far this team goes, especially in the playoffs, um, because outside of him, they have pieces, and they, they got help, they're getting healthy. Uh, this is the game that they're going to miss Malik, uh, Malik Hooker. This is the game that they're going to miss players like that. But I'm, I'm going to go with Buffalo as well. I feel like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, the way they're rolling, uh, they, this is going to be a game where you know Singletary and those guys, guys will be able to run the ball and, uh, and get get this game like that. But I'm going with Buffalo. I just feel like because it's in Buffalo, I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't say I don't think the Colts got this one. Uh, although, Mike, I will say this: Buffalo worries me. You know, a very young team, top two seed in the AFC, a great season, thirteen and three. Um, they haven't had a season like this since '95. And, you know, how are they going to perform? Uh, such a young team, expectations. That uh, kind of worries me about, about this football team. That's that's the only thing. Okay. Are they going to come out um, sluggish? Um, that That's the only thing to me. If if there's a scenario where the Colts come in, they, they score on their first drive, and then, you know, next thing you know, they're up two scores – um, up early, maybe at, you know, ten zip or fourteen zip. That's cause for concerns uh, for a young team like this. I, I've seen this story before. I've seen this story before. A lot of great regular season teams who are young coming into the playoff with a lot of swagger, and then just get, I mean, like just run into an avalanche. So that's my only concern for Buffalo. But no, no team, Mike. No team has been. I mean, what the Bills have been doing, Mike, the last six games of the season, they've right. they have been creaming teams. Like it, it's it has not even been close, Mike. So yeah. that that's my only reason of concern for the Bills. But other than that, I, I think they should win. Yeah, and it's almost it's almost it almost brings you to question whether or not are they due for a loss? Right. Are they due for a bad performance offensively and you know some bad breaks on the defensive side? I I, I get you on that one, but uh, yeah. It, 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 also, you could also use the perspective of. Hey, we we haven't been here before. We're a young team. We don't know what to expect, and that's that can be a good thing for you as well. You can come in there playing, feeling like you're playing with house money, and things of that sort. So it's um it could be a double edged sword as well. But the reason why I don't feel like it would be a big deal for them is because they're very high powered offensively. They can put up points in sprint in in, uh, in stretches, and uh, and they can get on the high street fast. And even in a deficit, they they they're one of those teams that um that can always find their way out of it. Agreed there for sure. The afternoon matchup that Saturday goes to the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. Another division matchup. The third meeting be between these two teams, Mike, the Rams and 
the Seattle Seahawks. They, both teams split each other's meetings in their own buildings. Now, for the rubber match, it will be in Seattle. The status of Jared Goff up in the air, Mike. Um, and I, I, this is, again, another tall task. Um, you're asking a rookie. Uh, I can't remember the young gentleman's name. Walford. Walford. I can't remember his name. Um, he's he's going to have to go to Seattle against uh, an experienced duo of, you know, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Not not an easy task to do. Uh, Lockett, DK Metcalf. I think this one is close. This one is very close. The reason why it's close is because I, I think offensively the Los Angeles Rams are hampered, but defensively is where that's the that's the equalizer. You you still got Ramsey. You, you you still got Aaron Donald, and historically, Aaron Donald has the most sacks against the the Seattle Seahawks. There's there's no other opponent that he has more sacks against. So. I think that's the ultimate equalizer there. And I think that is the only path of victory for the Rams is defensively if they can make a statement and they can dominate this game up front and then in the back end with Ramsey and some of those other guys that they have. If not, um, I I think the Rams are probably going to be in for a long night. I I still think the Seahawks win this game. But, Mike, I think they're going to win by a field goal. These, These two teams, they always play for some strange reason, the, the games always come down to the wire. I, I see the Seattle Seahawks advancing in a game-winning field goal. Yeah, I agree. They always do come down to the wire. And um, I, I feel like this game is going to be another one of those examples. It's going to be another dogfight, another close game. I have Seattle winning and winning this game as well because, you know, even at, with Jared Goff at 100% in Seattle, um, it's going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be a game because both the games that they played this year have come down to defense. And it came down to a couple plays that were made in the fourth quarter or later in the game that really decided the matchup. And um, Rams made those plays in the first um, meeting. The Seahawks made it in the second one. I have the Seahawks making those same plays in the second meeting. I love the way this defense has been playing the last six or seven weeks. Agreed, Mike. The Seattle Seahawks. They've, um, you know, acquired some nice pieces. They've, you know, the acquisition of Carlos Dunlap and those boys. Uh, You know, Jamal Adams coming into form after that injury he suffered midseason. It, these guys are playing great football. Obviously, Bobby Wagner, KJ, right in the middle. Um, it's, it's just it's good football that we're starting to see. We're starting to see um, uh, that Seattle culture shape on that side of the ball consistently. So I'm gonna go with the Seattle Seahawks to win this game. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a a good one, but um, Seattle wins. I, I saw a stat: the last seven games of the season, the the, the defense has only given up 15 or 17 points. That's that is yeah. drastically better than the 34, 33 that they were giving up earlier in the, in the year. So um, credit, credit to, to Jamal Adams. He, he has a lot to do um, for that there for sure. Um, let's move on to Sunday's game, Mike, and I think probably the best wildcard game of the weekend, and that is Lamar Jackson Jr., the greatness, the, the, the you know, the sh- box office. I mean, I'm 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 running out of superlatives here, Mike. What what's what's other words to, to talk about Lamar? Um, Big trust. Big trust. <laughs> the reigning MVP going against a, a a team where he's trying to get some revenge. This is this is this is a budding rivalry, Mike. Quickly, it's quickly yeah. because the the Ravens, the the the, the Titans have gotten their number um, yeah. for for a, a, a while now, and this is an opportunity. Um, for Lamar Jackson, I don't think there's any player 
in these postseason that has more pressure than than Lamar Jackson. He needs to get that monkey off his back, as they say, and and win a playoff game. And um, that it's 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 served in a platter for him to get revenge on on the memesis on the team that's that's knocked them being the top seed last year, getting blown out of their turf. And, and and stuff like that, but they're they're gonna have to deal with twenty two, Mike. They're, they're they're gonna have to deal with twenty two. This is tough. This is tough, Mike. This is re- <laughs> this is really tough because it, it's 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 tough, Mike. You, you look at you look at the line, and you see the Titans are underdogs, but they've beaten this team twice in twenty twenty. Like you know, they beat them in the playoff game, and they beat them this year, <laughs> yeah. and. And, and earlier on in the regular season. And there hasn't been any evidence that shows you that they can stop number 22. So that that is going to be tough. Um, but I'm, I'm going to – one thing I know is is the Ravens is that organization, Mike. Um, I can trust them in the postseason. John Harbaugh, Ozzie Newsome, um, the, the, Lamar is – is has something to prove. I, I think he's going to get it done on Sunday. This is tough because if 22 gets going, that opens up everything. AJ Brown, Tannehill, uh, Adam Humphreys, the list goes on. But um, it, here's here's a stat for you, Mike. Sure. Here's a stat. Derrick Henry, eighth player to, to rush for 2,000 yards in, in one season. We know that. We get all that. We, we know how how dominant this guy is. Our, the best back in, in football, hands down. I'm, I'm sorry, Le'Veon Bell. I'm sorry, Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sorry, Saquon. I'm, you're, I've never seen anything like, like Mr. Derrick Henry. But look at AP in 2012 when he ran for 2,000. Look at some of the other people. Um, uh, What's his name? Eddie George, Eddie George. And, and some of these other guys. When you run, when they Chris run, Johnson, yeah, when, yeah. When Chris Johnson, they 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 feed them. They feed them in the regular season, and they have a way of being gassed in the postseason. Right? You have to go back to Eric Dickerson as the last time that uh, a a running back won a playoff game th- that that rushed over two thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that worries me. So. These are all facts, Mike. And this, this is, I'm not making this up. So that that concerns you as well. Did the Titans run Derrick Henry too much in a in a regular season and maybe gas him in the postseason? That's what happened to Todd Gurley a couple years ago. They they ran him, they ran him, they ran him, they ran him, they ran him to the Super Bowl, and then the following year he just gassed out. So it, that's 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 cause for concerns too. But I'm gonna take the Baltimore Ravens, but Mike. Um, this is when I'm gonna have to watch. Get your popcorn ready. Yeah, no, for sure. This is gonna be a, a bomb burn. It's gonna be a great, a great matchup. And um, because Baltimore has lost to this team twice last year, because they've gone through the, the stretches that they have, and they're on this five-game winning streak, and they're getting players healthier, especially on that defense and the secondary. They're getting players back. Uh, they're fully loaded. I'm gonna go with the Ravens to win this game. Uh, you brought up a great point about. You know, running backs that run for 2,000 yards that don't win playoff games or don't, um, you know, pan out in the playoffs because of the legs and tight. I don't I don't believe fatigue is going to be – is going to ail or be the uh, the downfall of Derrick Henry on Sunday. I think it's the fact that he's going up against the Baltimore Ravens. I think this is the worst possible matchup for the Tennessee Titans in their first round because 
not only because they're the Baltimore Ravens, but because this is a team that you dominated on their home turf last year in the playoffs when they were they were uh, the 14 and two and the best team in the NFL. They, then you come back in the regular season and they actually played great against you for uh-huh. three quarters and can't finish in the fourth. And you just outworked them in this game. It's just the last two times you played this, the Ravens have played the Titans. It has been very unRaven-like. We have not seen Baltimore Ravens football the last two times we they they played against the Tennessee Titans. They third time is not the charm. They don't they don't want they don't want that to happen again. I see Baltimore coming with straight vengeance. Everybody everybody on this team coming motivated to win this game on the road and send a message to this team. Baltimore will win this game, and it will be um it will be a dull fight. But I I feel like they will pull away in the second half and. Really make a statement and let the NFL, let the rest of the NFL know that they're um they're they're coming for blood. Yeah, they are, and and when if they get past this, Mike, I, I think the the Ravens <laughs> are live, are very live, very yeah. live to make a deep run because <laughs> the the reigning MVP going into Arrowhead or going to Buffalo, that's that's not something that you want. So um, I, I think if they get past this game, the AFC should be on alert, on alert because <laughs> the purple and black are coming. Yeah. Um, another key note on this game too, Mike, is, is um, you know, the defense. Like, ha- ha- have they learned from their, their prior two mistakes? The thing with Derrick Henry is, and I know – and I and I know that you know John Harbaugh and the defensive and, and, and the defensive coordinators is telling them this all week is gap control. You cannot allow this guy to be able to, um, you know, telegraph where where the lanes is and then he hits them because when he hits them, the the man's breakaway speed he runs like a deer, Mike. So a gap control is going to be interesting. Have they learned from that? Um, is Calais Campbell going to be uh, there? He's probably mm-hmm. arguably their best run stopper. Mike Matthew Judon gap control is going to dictate this game because if you can't gap control um <laughs> uh, I, i'm sorry to say <laughs> it's gonna be a long night but I, I i just know it mike somewhere in that locker room 28 12 is 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 there what yeah, happened last year I, I know john harbaugh has it somewhere 28 12 and these guys know that I, I think they'll be ready i think they'll be prepared this time Exactly, and and, and I, I forgot to mention your previous, your initial point when we first started the game, when you said that this is starting to turn into a button rivalry. But brother, you you know just as well as I do, this has been a rivalry for over twenty years now. <laughs> they they date back, they date back all the way to the Ravens Super Bowl with Ray Lewis, uh, the time in two thousand eight when they matched up against each other. These guys have been going against each other for years in big time playoff matchups, and I expect to see yet another another episode of that on Saturday night. Where, where do the Titans get these running backs, though? Eddie George, Chris Johnson, Derrick Henry, uh, the list goes on. Demarco Murray, like they, yeah. they're 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 farm system for for Chris Johnson. Backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where they get these running backs. They they just have a knack it's for a- drafting backs. That's that's interesting thing to to think about. In New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, we know about them. They they're taking on the. Bears, the Bears, they snuck in into the playoffs, even though losing their last uh, uh, last contest <clears throat> of the season to the Green Bay Packers. Um, this is one where uh, um, I don't 
I, I don't see it as <laughs> I, I, I don't <laughs> Mike, you got to help me out here. What is there a path to victory for the bears? Now it, uh, is this bears defense going to revert to what they were two years ago when they were a three seed in the playoffs where, where is Khalil Mack going to be able to create forced fumbles and create havoc get after the backfield is a key mix. Is Eddie Jackson going to be able to pick off uh, Drew Brees is, it's just it's a tall task and it's in the Superdome um they're gonna have to deal with 41 Alvin Kamara is 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 a problem as well I I think that's gonna be the focus and and when that's the focus I think Drew Brees will take advantage and expose that woeful back in um you know with hopefully they get you know Mike Thomas back but you got Emmanuel Sanders Traquan Smith and some of these other guys so this is just a tall task and uh, not only the offense, but the defense, right? Malcolm Jenkins, Jack, Jack Rabbit, uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore. It's a tall task. I think this, this, this might be a route, Mike. I, I, I like, I like the Saints, and I like the Saints big in the dome. I like the Saints big in this game because the Saints have been through hell and high water the last three years in the postseason, and um, <laughs> at some point, something's got to give, and luck has got to come in their favor, and. I think they they've gotten to the point now where they're saying uh, uh, to hell with luck, to hell with everything else. We we dictate everything. We're gonna dictate how we go out this time. And against the Chicago Bears, against a, a um, an inferior opponent, they're not gonna play around with this team. They're motivated. They're hungry. They're one of the more hungry teams in the playoffs this year because of what's transpired for them recently. So uh, I, I see the Saints taking advantage of this team and taking advantage of this game and getting it over pretty early. I see the game pretty much being over. Uh, about three quarters. I agree. I agree, Mike. And they're lucky if it's not over at halftime. <laughs> yeah. um, the the pressure that the Saints uh, can can neutralize. You obviously got Cam Jordan, um, but but Hendrickson with twelve and a half sacks, and and some of these other guys that they have up front. Um, it's 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 just a tall task. The again, Mike. I think the only way for the Bears to win is. It can't be under the hands of of, of Trubisky. It's got to be with his legs, and it's got to be with the legs of David Montgomery. Um, I think that's the only two ways. I think Trubisky's going to have to use yep. his legs in this game, and, and David Montgomery, you're going to have to run him. You're going to have to run him. I'm talking 30, 30 touches, Mike. You're, you're going to have to run him. And in the defense, they, they just got to be opportunistic and, and find ways to turn over um drew Brees in this offense but if not it's 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 probably gonna be a long night but uh moving forward the last game that we've got mike is the browns and the steelers another division matchup teams meeting up for the third time um this one is is close too uh i i, I don't know um I don't know. I don't know, Mike. Is are, are we, are we going to see the Pittsburgh Steelers that that we saw in the first eleven weeks of, of the year, or are we going to see the the team that limped to the playoff, losing four of their last five? Uh, that's 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 the question that needs to be answered. This team is banged up on offense. Um, you know, Ben can't throw the ball deep anymore. The dink and dunk is is what they they've got their offense looking like. It's 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 tough, man. I think this is tough. This is tough. But you know what, Mike? 
I know I know Marcus said <laughs> by the way if you, you haven't seen the video yet Marcus said that uh he thinks the Steelers are headed to the Super Bowl I, I think this is a bad matchup for the Steelers I, I'm gonna go with the upset here I, I think the Browns win this game now I'm not confident in Baker Mayfield um at all but what I do like about this Browns team is they've got a two-headed monster and and, and that's Chubb and Hunt I think they they are game changers. They are they they are able to not only run the ball but catch passes out of the backfield and take it to the house. And also Kevin Stefanski is able to call it a good game. And and I think Garrett can can actually neutralize it and get some pass rush against Big Ben as well. So I'm gonna take the Browns here to upset. The Steelers in Heinz Field by field goal. Uh, these these two teams again. It's it's a it's a division matchup. They always, you know, come close in in these late ball games. But I, I don't like to go against Pittsburgh in the playoffs. But I, I I haven't there there hasn't been any evidence, Mike, in the last four or five games that that has showed me that this team can can change things in a hurry, getting for the postseason. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game against the Cleveland Browns. Um, when, you, when you think about the Steelers, yes, they haven't looked all that tremendous in four of the last five games. Um, four and a half, excuse me, because the first half against the, the, the Colts looked just as bad as the four losses. So four and a half games, they haven't looked tremendous. But um, when you're dealing with a situation where you have a, a, a sour stretch at the end of the year, Going into the playoffs, it's almost like a reset button. It's like a chance to reset because you know you have an entirely new season. Everything that happened in the regular season doesn't matter anymore. And it's when it's when, it's when to go home mentality right now. And when you when you hit the reset button and you start from scratch, you have an opportunity to revert back to what got you to where you your prominence and what got you to the point you are now. Where what got them there was running the football early. Uh, Making play, making plays in the play action, playing great defense, and 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 being being as possibly healthy as you can be. And I'm gonna go with the Steelers to win this game. Now the Steelers are gonna be hurt later on in the uh, the further they go in the playoffs because of the loss of Devin Bush, Bud Dupree, mm-hmm. guys like that. That's when those those losses to those to to those players are gonna hurt later on in the playoffs. But for this game and this game, this purposes. I'm gonna go with the um. I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm also uh, skeptical about about what I'm gonna see from Baker Mayfield in his first playoff game. You know, I, I I'm, I'm intrigued to see the what what we get from him, but um, being being as though this is his first playoff game, uh, I, I'm intrigued to see if he's gonna if he's gonna show up or not. So um, I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It should be a a, clo- a close matchup, but but the Steelers should win this game at home. It's going to be interesting. The the Browns haven't been relevant in the playoffs since 2002. It's 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 been quite some time. Um, but you do make a good point about Baker. It is the the lights going to be too bright for him? It's a Sunday night game on NBC national prime time. America will be watching. Um, you know, is and and on the other side, can Ben make enough plays? Can can they get the ball to uh, a Claypool? Can they get the ball to Smith Schuster and, and some of their other explosive guys and let them make plays? That is going to be the 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 uh, the difference maker in this game because they, they haven't been able to run the football, Mike, and that's concerning because <clears throat> you do not want to go into the postseason one-dimensional. Um, teams will 
I mean, they, they will exploit that. So as you mentioned, if they can get past this, it doesn't bode well for them. But um, it's a lot of things to to keep an eye out on. But this is what the NFL and, and, and the playoffs are all about, Mike. This is this is <laughs> what it's all about. It's that time of the year, Sammy. I can't wait, man. We we in for a treat Saturday and Sunday, man. This is this is start of something special. This month of January, going into Super Bowl is about to be special. I can't wait. The one thing is funny, when we talk about these things, watch it could be a completely opposite thing. <laughs> it's the beauty, <laughs> the beauty of the playoffs, man. But when we come back, a dear friend of mine, we shift gears to the NBA with a featured guest. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show, live inside Studio Z. And we are back here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show with our featured guest for today, my boy Trey from Get a Bucket Podcast. All things hoops, all things NBA. My man, how are you doing today, my man? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Thank y'all for having me on the show. Appreciate it. No doubt. No doubt that issue. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I was telling Mike that um, you you went to a very prestigious institution. Um, I can't remember the name where you went, but you told me. But uh, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you kind of came upon um, in, in the industry. Yeah, so um, military kid, uh, born in Florida, raised in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Newport News, Virginia. Uh, left there to go to George Mason, so it's in like the fair, like Northern Virginia area, like yeah. thirty minutes away from DC. Uh, we actually went to the you know Final Four. Uh, back in the day so you know shout out to mason um and the reason why i just been in the in the field bro i'm gonna be honest with you i i've always loved sports i've been a Laker <laughs> fan since about 1998 when i saw kobe bryant do a 360 dunk ever since then i've been hooked and it was against the portland trailblazers so it's like i i really remember that moment and ever since then it just stuck with me so i uh linked up with somebody one day they convinced me to do a podcast and like we ended up parting ways but it kind of stuck with me. So I wanted to just stick with it. And I started off with audio and then moved on over to, uh, to the video side now on YouTube as well. So, I mean, it's just a nice overall thing to do. And you see everybody talking on TV and it's like, well, you can do that. And then you actually try it. And it's like, it's a nice learning process. Cause you see, it's not just talking on TV. So I think like it's, it's something to stick around for at least with me. And, um, that's my that's my reason for like coming into the field. Yeah, I love it, man. Get a bucket podcast. Some some great content there for sure. So when you talk about the the landscape of the NBA thus far, it's it's kind of been like upside down. I, 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 it's kind of been it's kind of been weird. What's what's your take on it? Is do you think that coronavirus is has really affected some of these teams that were in the bubble? Um, yeah, I know it's a quick turnaround for the season starting. What's your take on all that? I think it's going to affect the whole league, and it's interesting because you could make a case for, like, a couple of things, right? So, for example, a team that hasn't played in, like, a long time, you might think, well, either they're going to have, like, significant rust or maybe they've just been expanding and like and, and elevating their game to, like, new heights. So you might see a, a team such as 
let's say the Hawks come in, like some people might be like surprised at how the Hawks might be playing, but you know, you, you might, again, they, they made good acquisitions. You had the off season, you had time to actually prepare, but then teams that were in the bubble, like I noticed, um, well, I, mean, I was going to say the Rockets, but like the Lakers, they're like third in the West right now. I thought they were going to be first, but it's extremely early in the season. Um, I was actually talking with somebody and they were, they brought up, who was it? Uh, I think, I think Portland isn't doing that well right now, record wise. Um, and they were kind of surprised about that. And I'm just like, it's early in the season. I think that preparation um, that people had to deal with is kind of critical. So I think COVID for certain definitely is going, is going to impact the league. I just can't determine if it's going to be overly bad or not. Like I know last year I was like he- hesitant on even starting up this, the league because they didn't have an extra um, alternative outside of the bubble. So it's going to be interesting. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Trey, Trey, welcome to the show, man. Um, what Out of all the teams that you've seen so far early in the season, I know it's early and all, but what team has impressed you uh, the most out of all the um, out of all the teams so far? Uh, all right. So, for me, I'm going to have to go to the east side for this, and it's I'm torn between the Cavs and the Knicks. I was going to say the Magic, but they've been a playoff team. Uh, I expect a little bit of regression, but they're 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 rolling, they're riding strong right now. Right. So I like to see how that goes. But for the Cavs and Knicks, bro, it's it's pretty much this from an organ from an organizational standpoint. Those two have I, I guess struggled with with the exception of you know the whole Braun situation, like for the Cavs. But they really struggled, and I guess really like mellow on like that one good year that they had. But outside of that, they've struggled, and now they're coming back into somewhat of relevancy. I mean, you have the Cavs with Sexlin, you have um, the Knicks with uh, with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett and them. So I think those two teams, I'd, I'd have to say, is a tie for me. If I had to pick one, maybe I'd say the Knicks just because they've been so terrible for so long. But that I, I think that would be my team. How about you guys? Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah go ahead. Oh, yeah, for, for me, it has to be the New York Knicks. I mean, I, I didn't expect them to look this cohesive and look this – I want to say this hungry this fast. I, I I didn't expect them to look like this. I mean, defensively, you see how much of a juggernaut they are. I mean, in the first half, uh, I guess that their last game against the Jazz, I mean, the Jazz were getting whatever they wanted offensively. But in the second half, you saw them tighten up. You saw the matchup. You saw the, 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 the different players and just the different role players and the different grit and tough guys that they have on this bench. It fits the Tom Thibodeau uh, uh, mindset and mentality. So, for me, it's definitely it's definitely the New York Knicks. I did not expect them to look like this, and winning winning this early, right? Right. No, that's definitely certain. I I would agree with that for sure. You know, the power of Tibbs, the power of Thibodeau. One thing we know about Thibodeau is, um, he's no nonsense. He he's gonna have his guys work. Um, there's obviously we know the day the day back to the Bulls and and stuff like that, um, or whatever. He worked. He worked those guys. We're talking D Rose, Jimmy Butler. They he worked them too much that in the game mm-hmm. that they would be exhorted. So, um, I, I love the culture that the Knicks are, are building with that. And Julius Randle, man, he's been eating people alive. Um, so you don't see that uh, against Rudy Gobert. You you really don't. Um, and um, the Knicks, they've they've just they've they've been very impressed and i thought the acquisition of austin rivers as well they have a guy in late game where they can just put the ball in his hands and and, and create a shot so um mm-hmm. they they've they definitely caught our eye for sure 
they also had Alec Burks as well, who was averaging about twenty one. I, I always liked Alec because he was on the uh, on the Jazz at one point in time. I always mm-hmm. liked him like a combo guard coming off bench, <clears throat> something like that. So I think he's actually living up to that potential that I thought he um, displayed. And then shout out to uh, Robinson as well because I yes I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not that big of a fan on Rudy Gobert like that two hundred and what five million dollar contract he got. I, I'm not I'm not impressed by like what his production brings. I think. Mitchell Robinson or even the Jared Allen can reproduce that. So I think that was that's something that you're going to see. Like it was a favorable matchup for the Knicks against the Jazz, I, I believe. And Julius Randle, like you guys said, I've always liked him. Like I was mad we got rid of him. I'm a Laker fan, um, and I'm, I'm I was pissed that we actually got rid of him because he's like a mobile Zebo that's constantly in attack mode. So as a as as a Lakers as a Lakers fan, you know y'all, y'all defended champions coming off the the ring and everything. Who is the number one team in the Western Conference that's a legitimate threat to you right now? That's a legit threat. I'm going to I'm going to lead with the Clippers still, even though <laughs> even though they've taken a couple of L's early. Like Paul George has to tighten up a little bit. Um, I like Ty Lue as the coach. They even though I wasn't a big Ty Lue fan. But I do I do think that roster can still work. Um, can it definitely falter though? Of course, that goes without saying. But I think this team with a year under his belt, they got humbled a little bit. They they're a little bit deeper. They still have some size with Zer, uh, with uh, Serge and Zubac. So I think that I think that might be one to one to note. And then also the Suns, like the, the Suns are are a, are a sleeper team that people need to start focusing on. Remember CP3 played with James Harden and I think James Harden's a little bit better than D-Book. Don't get it wrong, but I think D-Book has that potential to be an MVP candidate. And then you mm-hmm. package that up with DeAndre Ayton. You have a quality at least two and a half, at minimum two and a half. So I think the Suns need to be a team that folks need to worry about also. And then that's that's a team to me that's got my eye because um, mm-hmm. they, they've pretty much – continued from their success from the bubble right obviously they didn't mm-hmm. play us and 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 what monty williams told them is what you guys did in these eight games you could do that for a, a, a stretch of a season and and they've they've picked off what they left i love the acquisition of of um crowder he brings in some toughness some twist army knife guy that can switch and can guard one through four um they, they've brought some other guys in some identity guys in when was the last time the Phoenix played defense? They they are like top five in defensive efficiency, and and it, it's tough. It's tough when you have not only one but two options. You can put the ball in late game situations and get you a basket. So Phoenix now, I think they're top in the West, but they're they're it's not by chance. They they are they are doing something out there in the desert. Yeah. No. Yeah, you brought. You brought up a great point, and 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 also and also to piggyback off that, you know, Phoenix is one is is one of those teams where like they you you is Trey brought up a great point about them being different this year because they come into every game with a winning mentality. You, you you're not used to seeing that from the Phoenix Suns in recent memory. Them coming into games with a winning mentality, ma- making the smart discipline, uh, little, little doing, doing the small details to make sure that every game you, you give yourself the best chance to win. That's that's what you're seeing from the Phoenix Suns, and that's that's the promise, and that's the bright spot for the future for this team is that they they're not just going and and playing every game; they're going and playing with the mindset of, of win every time they step on the court, and that's that's the first step. 
Exactly. And that's what CP3 brought. Like, if you remember last year, the Suns were still in the playoff contention for like a good little while. Like, they were the fifth seed for a nice minute. And like you said, too, Zebby, they, they had the uh, success in the bubble the way they did. CP3 is that bridge. He's that gap between the early success and the bubble success because they faltered off. Um, they lost, <laughs> I guess, a little focus. I don't, I, I, at least that's what it seemed like to me. And because they have the talent, clearly. Like, clearly. So I, I think CP3 should definitely um, get a good amount of credit. Do you think CP3, like, if the Suns finish really well, do you think CP3 should be considered an MVP candidate as well? Because I think he is the difference, not the book. I, I agree. I, I thought he should have been a candidate last year. For I mean, the, the Thunder was a team that I, I thought that would be, you know, mm-hmm. looking ahead for draft, uh, draft right. picks and stuff like that, or, or lottery t- picks and lottery teams. But um, he positioned them in, in, in a place where um, – you know, they can contend. One thing about Chris Paul's career is injuries. If he had never gotten hurt, I mean, this guy is a guy that could probably probably would have won some championships. There's 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 not for all, everything you want to say about him, all the, the debacle that happened in, in with the Clippers to everything. This guy is not only a great humanitarian off the court for all he does in the community, but on the court. There, it, it's it's hard to pick other leaders better than that man. Um, and he's he's a phenomenal guy, and absolutely he should be in the conversation for MVP if if the Suns get a top seed. And he definitely was in. He was in the MVP. Yeah, he was top three MVP conversation last year with OKC with what he did for them. So yeah, yeah. To answer your question, absolutely. If they get to a point where they, they, I, I doubt they're going to finish number one in the West, but if they're a top three seed, a top four seed, mm. and um, and they look dominant throughout the season and he has a lot to do with it and he makes another all-star appearance, he, he most definitely has to be in the MVP conversation, pertaining, uh, also pertaining to what, what his counterpart and what his other uh, compadres do as well. Mm. well let's, let's focus in the Eastern Conference here. Um, the reigning Eastern Conference champions, the the Heat, they they haven't um started oh, yeah. off. They started off pretty sluggish. Um, the Nets, for all of the praise they got after one week, one game, uh, they, they they've got some concerns as well. Guys sitting out, and we know KD's uh, under uh, COVID nineteen protocols and stuff like that. So when you look at the the landscape of the Eastern Conference, what are you looking at? Um, I want to see. I think the Heat are going to pick it back up. You got to remember, they just came off playing in the finals. So they went deep into the playoffs. I think they still have to get their legs back. I expect them to bounce back. Um, overall, I just want to see how the 76ers perform. If the Wizards are able to come back, because the start that they have with the two talents, and actually, I don't even want to focus on Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Their team is actually better than this. I know it's early, yeah, thank you. but it, it's still it's still better than this, bro. Like I, they they've got they have so many players from like the Lakers that I actually did watch them early on, like, and I like those players. Like they have a quality team, and if Russell if Russell Westbrook can make the OKC Thunder into an eight seed in the West, he should be able to make these Wizards with Bradley Beal at minimum a six seed, like at minimum. So I want to see how that pans out. Um, And then I want – I'm big on Zach Levine. I like the Bulls. They have to start doing – like, they have to get to the playoffs now or close. Like, I have them as a ninth seed projected for the ending. 
but that could falter. And if so, I might have to take a knock on Zach Levine. Like, I want to see if he's truly an all-star or if he's just a good player. Like, that, that's what I want to see personally. So, like, those are my three things I guess I want to see from the East because you mentioned the Nets. We know about the Bucks. Um, I could bring up the Celtics, but – and the Sixers, but I mean, I feel like those are those are the ones that everyone's really everyone is really paying attention to. Well, well, well. Talk to me about this because uh, the 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 Sixers have the best record in in league um, at, at seven and two. Although they lost last night, um, mm. it, is is Doc Rivers the guy to make Simmons and Embiid work? Because I, I've been on the record, I say that you know, one got to go there. There's no way you got to decide if you're going to build your franchise around Simmons or Embiid. They, I, I don't think they can co- coexist together, but is, 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 you know, Doc Rivers, the guy to do that. Is Daryl Morey able to um, create a roster around those two guys and to make them the, the championship contenders? So is it, are, are they a product of just this season being one of those weird seasons and, and they got off to a quick start? Or um, are there still question marks there in Philadelphia? I think there's still going to be some question marks because we've seen, we've seen Ben Simmons not shoot the ball, like literally not shoot the ball, not make him, just not shoot him, <laughs> yeah. um, which is baffling. Like, it, you know, number one draft pick, supposed to be, he could be an MVP candidate. But instead, he's an all-star, and he doesn't shoot the ball. Like, that that's wild to me. Then you have Joel Embiid, who I think displays flashes of, like, um, a hybrid between Shaq and Andrew Bynum, where he could be dominant with so much finesse, but then it, it, it kind of goes in and out a little bit. So can Doc Rivers bring that out of both of them? I do think so. I do think he is the coach for them because this is the best coach that they've had. And I, I don't know too many coaches with that type of cachet where it's like you can make Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid listen to you off of your respect that you've earned in the league. So I do think he would be a good – he's a good coach for them. Do I want to say the coach? I'd have to think about other coaches potentially, but I would I would go with Doc Rivers out of most coaches, if anything. So, And I think, you're, I think we will see the best of the Sixers in quite a while, but – this might be the last year that they like if they can't get any type of good traction this year, like you might have to trade one. And in this case, I think you trade Joel. Mm. That's, 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 that's interesting. And, and this is one of those yep. uh, years for me for, for the Sixers where I'm looking at everybody around Simmons and Embiid and saying they have a legitimate shot because you have a Tobias Harris with, with a newfound confidence. Last year, I feel like he was thinking too much this year. He seems mm-hmm. to be playing with a lot more confidence and understanding his role on the team. You have, um, you know, Seth Curry, who's the knockdown shooter. You, you, you have other other pieces outside of the the the, the, the duo that can help, can help this team propel and move forward potentially in the playoffs. And like you said, with the with the head coach Doc Rivers and his leadership, you never know how far this team can go. But with you, but Trey's right. This is the year. If they don't, if there's no, if they don't even get past the second round, or they don't. Uh, scream uh, potential to scream. We've gotten better over the years this year in the playoffs and make no real that's noise, that's interesting, especially with how they just started. So I look at it like time, this, right? break it but you, Kobe you, you and feel, Shaq, you feel MB should be the one they to be were traded. beautiful, worked over, together over swimmingly, <laughs> you know, at least on the court. They went with the older player because, in terms of trading them, because you know, you can like you can actually 
sustain more success. Like I think when Shaq left, he didn't really pan out that well going forward as a, as opposed to Kobe. So that's the reason why I would go with Simmons. Simmons can be an MVP and a defensive player of the year, like now, and he's younger. So it's like you can also get – I don't want to say you can get more for Embiid. But well, that's an interesting point because that's where I was going to go. I think you can get more for Embiid. If you look at Simmons' stock, it's like, okay, well, we're getting a guy that's 6'10". Um, yes, he can pass the ball like magic and, and, and he, you know, up and down the floor. His IQ is great, but mm. um, you, you're losing a lot. Because in the last three minutes of ball games, you're not going to know what you where to put him on the floor. He can't shoot free throws and he can't shoot a jumper. So whereas with Simmons, uh, with Embiid, you know, he, he, I mean, the guy is maybe the most dominant force right now out, outside of maybe Jokic or, or Anthony Davis. I mean, mm. the guy has talents that are through the roof, and you can not only get stack pile of, of picks but you can also get some great pieces back so i'm thinking that might have been the reason why you think Embiid is, is the better is the guy that probably need to go mm. i i the only the only trepidation i would have as a, as an opposing team to bringing on Embiid would be his injury history like right. that 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 would be it so it's like as a as as a 76ers owner or even coach, I'm thinking the same thing. Like a best, like the best ab- ability is availability. So, if Joel can't play, well, I've seen a, a situation where, like, we've seen Giannis be successful. Well, I think Ben Simmons can replicate what Giannis has done, and even be a, like slightly a little bit better because he has a little bit more skill. Um, at least on the offensive end, to me, like to me. So because of that. I can package, I can piece players around uh, Ben Simmons, and we can always be on the go uh, in transition, or we can go in like a half court situation because we've now seen where he can attack the paint and just kick out to like an open three point shooter because he's going to cause a mismatch. So for me, you can like, he's more versatile, whereas Embiid, I get the appeal to keep him, but I think Embiid needs to go because. I don't know if he can. I don't know if the 76ers are going to win anytime soon. Like just with NBA, like if if it's if it's him separate. Because I like Tobias and all, all star caliber, but mm. too much Chris Middleton vibes when I look at Tobias Harris. Yeah, I'm not, okay. and I'm not the biggest on Chris Middleton. Right. You know, I can't have any conversation about mm-hmm. the NBA and and guest okay. on on my show and not bring up That's my beloved point. Boston Celtics of course now uh, I don't got to bring up about Tatum and Brown we, we it speaks for itself we know what they're doing but you got to tell me here Trey and, and you got to keep it transparent too is Peyton Pritchard the rookie of the year <laughs> I thought you were going to say is he like the future for the point guard position for the set? rookie of the year wow you're getting really optimistic off one game winner put back oh um, no 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 <laughs> Richard has been balling all year you know what I'm saying <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think so that's, I don't that's think, so. I don't think he's out producing Wiseman uh, LaMelo Ball but I will say this I'm you guys. I'm seriously entertaining looking at what we might do with Kimba. 
because you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I see two top five potential players, especially if they keep producing at this level. Like it seems as though they're 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 excelling every year. I like it. So they have that top five player like talent, right? With that, and then you got mm-hmm. the you have the bigs, you have Tristan Thompson, you have Daniel Tice, like you have Grant, you you have good players around that. And Pritchard seems like he's he's at least a decent point guard. And with and you have Marcus Smart to boot. I don't think you necessarily need Kimba Walker. And Kimba's defense is like I, I love Kimba, but like Kimba's defense was was an issue and on top of you guys already being short last year. So I do you think Pritchard needs to eventually replace Kimba and you guys maybe try to get some value for Kimba? That that's that's tough. I I that's tough because I mean <laughs> Pritchard is probably a little bit shorter than 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 Kimba. So um or they might be the same size. I'm not too sure about that. But um I I, I would keep Kimba because I, I think Peyton Pritchard brings a different an added dimension and a different an added boost on my bench. You know, I thought that was a problem in the bubble, bench points. Now you're seeing the evolution of Ojale um being able to to be more confident and, and take and make shots and to, mm. to to pair that up with Pritchard and, and then some of these other guys that um we have, I, I think that is a luxury to have. I wouldn't try to get rid of Kemba Walker. Yeah, Kemba Walker. It is if if Kimball Walker's your third best player, that is a quality team. If if Kimball Walker can can revert himself to maybe not what he was at the pinnacle of his you know Charlotte career, but if he's your third scorer, a, a guy that is an All NBA performer, All Star, that is still valuable. So um, mm. that, that I, I would still try to keep Kimba. Mm. That's fair. That's fair. I was thinking if you flip Kimba, I don't know what his trade value is right now, but if you try to flip Kimba to bring in some more assets, maybe in some other draft picks, who knows, you might be able to maybe not drop off too far. So, But I, I, I agree with you. Like I said, I'm, I'm a big Kimba fan. Like I've, I've loved Kimba ever since the UConn days. And, and Kimba as your third scorer is tough. Like It's extremely tough. So It, 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 gives, a, it, it gives opponents a lot to, to game plan for, I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah, no, for certain. You guys, you guys will be sneaky this year. Um, and it's weird where I, I say the word sneaky because, like, I have you guys as a fourth seed. You guys have been successful over the last what three seasons now, but it's still like you guys still feel like a like a an underdog in a sense. Right, right, because of underperformances. I, I, I agree with that. Um, quickly here, man, before we let you go, um, the the Raptors as well. They've they've been a team that has um taken a step back. Um, I, I thought that Boston kind of maybe exposed them or, or brought the blueprint to the NBA, figuring out that Pascal may not, maybe he may not be that guy that 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 a one that can win you a championship. And teams have have dared him to be the, the guy to beat them, other than Van Vliet and, and Larry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you think this is a position where Masai Jerry needs to blow it up and, and maybe try to go for James Harden on a, on a trade or, or what's what are you looking at with the Raptors I have the Raptors um I put them on my as the 11th seed I had them I had them leaving because they lost a lot in Serge and Mark Gasol so with that I like Norman Powell I like Fred Ventley Kyle Lowry cool but like you said Pascal Siakam mm. last year was his audition and whether he could be the one option or the two and I don't mind somebody faltering or messing up as the one option. That doesn't take 
you out of that equation for me. It was the way you did it. Like, like Buddy just seemed completely out of sorts. Like, it, it, it was like he was overwhelmed unnecessarily. And I'm like, you got to still be aggressive. You got to be able to hoop, get a bucket. Like, somehow, some way, bro, like, it, you cannot look like this as your best player. So, I think they – I don't necessarily want to say blow it up, but I don't know if – and it's tricky because Kyle Lowry's arguably the best Raptor in history uh, from a career standpoint, not talent. But no disrespect, Kyle. Um, but you might have to consider trading Kyle, mm-hmm. which I, I know some good. I know a few good teams that would love to get Kyle Lowry. Um, the Clippers might be an interesting option for that moment. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to making a few changes. So, but they do have a couple of good pieces. I like Chris Boucher or Chris Boucher. I'm sorry. Uh, like a possible double double with a like two to three block. Like uh, per game, I think that that might be quality. So they have some potential moves, but definitely getting rid of it would be solid. Like breaking it up, I wouldn't be mad. Is there any team realistically out there that has the ammunition to to get a, a James Harden in his prime, still in the prime of his career? Um, it, it's it seems as if to me like it's strange. You know what? Not a lot of teams are 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 in on this on this uh, trade for James Harden. You know what I'm saying, and I, I'm I'm wondering if it's because of the the off the field antics and stuff. But um, I mean, on the court, the man is 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 ridiculous. But um, what's what's your take on on the saga between James Harden and, and teams trying to make a realistic trade for him? I think teams are trying to figure out what one James looks like still. Uh, which I mean, I I I don't get it, but at the same time, I get it. Like anytime, like anybody can change at any point in time. But I I think we're you know he's still a stud. And figuring out what you have as a team. Like, I think there's still a couple of new teams around. So do we need to make a trade for James Harden right now? Because that, if you're making a trade for James Harden, you're giving up a lot, like an extreme amount. So you need to give them like a star to match with James Harden. So that way you don't have to give up as many assets on your current team. One team that comes to mind it would be your Celtics, low key. Like I think you guys could package up a, a few things. Like Jalen Brown is interesting. Like is extremely interesting. He's a he's a he's a very good defender. He can score the hell out of the ball. Like my man is actually top notch. Yes. And if you can sell somebody on that mm-hmm. idea, like I even think Jalen Brown can be better than Jason Tatum. And I love Jason Tatum. He's a Duke. Like he, he came from Duke. I'm a Duke fan, so you know I'm gonna be a little biased. But Jalen Brown is a stud, bro. So I think your Celtics can make a move for him. Uh, I thought the 76ers could too, and the Nets as well, because they do have the requisite pieces. Anybody else outside of that, it might be a little tough because the Rockets have to think, what am I bringing back? So pairing up with John Wall and Boogie, like, are you thinking of that now? Are you thinking of just them as an individual talent? It's a lot to think about. I, I, so I think those right now those three teams would be would be situated. Like, yeah, I was I was thinking maybe the Bulls, but they don't have enough either. Like, I wouldn't. I, I would if I'm the Bulls. I'm not trying to let go of Zach Levine if I can bring in James Harden. So it's it's very few. I, I low key think he might stay with the Rockets. That 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 might be an option, Mike. Uh, one team that stands out to me is it's weird but 
Um, mm-hmm. The Pelicans. I, I think the Pelicans can can be a, te- a, a, a team here. Now, I, um, Zion is untouchable. That there's no way that that Zion would ever be in a in a package. But if you can package Brandon Ingram, if you could package maybe Bledsoe, um, if if you can package maybe Lonzo Ball, and maybe if Jimmy Butler, if they were asking for four first round picks for him, can you imagine what they're going to ask for James Harden? Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think that's a young team that is in the Western Conference. They they're, they're trying to. Uh, position themselves to make a playoff spot James Harden guarantees you that alone but if you can have him with Zion Williamson um and 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 maybe uh Stephen Adams and some of these younger guys like Josh Hart I, I think that's a quality team that I think in the west that could position themselves and, and get on that trade you know that they 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 definitely could be um it's um it's it's interesting because a lot of teams out here they they're not gonna want to give up the assets that makes them a contender for one player that might not even fit their system or might not or might cause locker room problems. That's my only issue with this whole James Harden situation mm-hmm. is there's very little there's very few teams out here like like Trey pointed out that even have the assets to even work with him to to even to even get him. But at the same time, those assets that make them a contender, they don't even want to give those up because. It's a, it's a high possibility that with the other superstars or the other stars they have on the team, James Harden could 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 mess up the chemistry, mess up the the vibe of the team, the aura, and everything like that. So it's it's a it's a few teams out there, you know, like like the Nets, Sixers, and Celtics, and teams like yeah, that. Yeah, like everybody's I, on the I just, I just, is I just on the uptake right now. Any, like I'm looking at the Kings, that the Grizzlies, as, you know, maybe the Jazz, but I don't think they have enough to get the deal done. I do like the Pelicans move. I actually posted about this on my story one time. I would love to see, I would love to see Harden there, but I don't know if I want to get rid of Brandon Ingram. But but that's like it's it's hard to get a quality scoring. No, scratch that. It's hard to get a quality yeah, forward yeah. on your team. Like like once you find that, I feel like it. You might want to keep like Otto Porter has stuck around for so long. And he's not anything overly special, but he's like a decent enough forward. Like he was about to get paid Buku, or he got paid like a decent amount from the Wizards because it's hard to find us. So it's like to let go of Bi for Harden. Uh, I mean, you're gonna have to give up something. I, I mean, you're, you're gonna have to give up something for something. Um, it's like like you said. I think the Jazz they they they're really invested in Donovan Mitchell. They they just signed with that extension, but. It, it's it, you. You're gonna have to give up something for James Harden. That's just that's the NBA that we live in today. It, with the new CBA, with players now having the ability to um, essentially dictate, you know, their contracts, dictate mm-hmm. where they want to go. Hey, I, I, I want to put this team on my potential trading landing spot uh, to to things like that. That's that's just how today's game is. Mm-hmm. It's crazy when you it's crazy when you think about the landscape of the times back in the day, the eighties, nineties, uh, the relationship between players and GMs and owners versus the relationship between players, GMs, and owners in today's game. You know, it's it's crazy how you know we live in a, a time where you can literally uh, use you sign the contract, but you could literally try to you know force your way out of out of an organization um, through through conversation or just through tactics and things of that nature. 
You know, it's 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 just it's different mm-hmm. times that we live in because it was times where a GM or owner wouldn't even talk to the player; he would talk to the agent. He wouldn't even converse with you like that on on that level. So it, the the times we're living in now, where you know, can can, are, can you guys imagine you know, under if, contract if Shaq and Kobe were on, on back this out, this, this was a report, it's, it's, and this would be now? Can you imagine, you know, guys, how if if the league thought Shaq and Kobe in today's game <laughs> that they were potentially in any trading rumors? Can you imagine how much you know circulation around the NBA that would be? That would be. That'd be something. I think that would be talked about on ESPN, if not every day, definitely <laughs> every week. Like that. Oh yeah. my gosh. Every day. Right, oh, right. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Every day. Or the Michael Jordan that, talking with the last name. Mm-hmm. The whole now, let me ask you this. Let me <laughs> ask you Do you guys think Harden is worth it? Oh, man. No way. It, do you think he's worth that massive haul? Because he's thirty. He's thirty-two. He's like what? He's over thirty right now. So with that, I don't know how long he's got at this MVP level. And then once he leaves that MVP level, how is his game going to be now? Like, is he going I, to I be able to revert? You, I think he's worth it. I, I think he's worth it. But there's a caveat to that. He's worth it if you're a contender and you're trying to win now. Like this if is- you're the Nuggets, right? If you're the Nuggets and you want to package, let's say, Jamal Murray and maybe some other teams, you maybe you have a pick and roll of Jokic and, 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 and James Harden. That that would be exceptional. Like if you're in win now mode now, like that would be a guy that I would I, I, I that's a I would I would do that. I would do the trade. The only thing is, if I'm not a contender and I'm trying to build a culture, I don't want James Harden. James Harden doesn't want any part of any rebuild or anything like that. That's one. And two, I actually think his game translate well in his thirties because his game never predicated on explosiveness or being able to be athletic. His game was always about, um, you know, angles and, 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 That's true. and you know, and being able to dribble. Yeah. He's, he's very cerebral at creating contact. He's, he's great at, get, he's very skilled. Right. So I, I think that in his thirties that his game translate very well, much like KD, um, post the injury, I, I thought that he's gonna be okay. Katie's game was never about like like Blake Griffin or anything like that. So right. I would do it if I'm a contender and I want to win now because I know what I'm gonna get. I, I know what I'm gonna get with that. Mm. I just with James Harden, I need to know though is do I have commitment? I'm trading for you, but do I have a long term commitment in you know trying to get you signed up in the deal? That's fair. I, for me, for for me, it's worth it as well because kept James mm, Harden know, yeah. is the best scorer for this yeah. era of basketball. Kevin Durant is the better overall scorer. He's the best. He's he's the best scorer of this generation. But James Harden for this era of basketball scoring, for for this era of basketball scoring, he's the best because of his way to manipulate the refs, his way to, to get to his spots, his the step back jump shot. This this is his era. So he he, when you say he's thirty two, thirty three in this netter third, does he have enough left in the tank? He can play this well offensively and be this potent and this uh elite for some some years, some time to come because of the style of play. And like you said, it, it has to be on a contending team, and it has to make sense whether it'd be worth it or not. Like for example, my the best option in my opinion, if he was to get traded, was to go to Philly, but. It would be great if it, if if it was him and Joel Embiid yeah. there because I feel like James like Harden with an elite big yeah. like that 
would be one of the most dominant duos in the league. It would almost revert. It would almost remind us of Shaq and Kobe in a way with that duo. But um, I, I didn't. I just didn't see him coming to Philly. But if it was a situation like yeah, that, I, I, where he could crazy. be with another dominant big, I, I that Denver makes them, them a, a championship you know, contender. Yoke, that that one is of what makes it worth it. Big man, little man, uh, uh, duos as well. Um, but I, I'm not sure. Um, you know if I do that, they're invested in Jamal Murray. But um, yeah, James Harden, man. I mean, think about it, guys. This guy. Drop forty in the midst yeah. of like just coming back from the strip club. It, it's he's 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 unbelievable. Like he's he's so good, so good. <laughs> no, that's facts. No, that's real. Only only question I would have, well, two. One, who am I giving up for that Harden one? If I'm the Nuggets, and then two, how does like I Harden dribbles the ball a lot more than Murray, and I see Murray setting the screen for like Jokic. So it's just like. I see Murray trying to perfectly compliment Jokic on top of Jokic trying to perfectly compliment Murray. I don't know if James Harden is going to work that way. Like it, it would be Jokic's team, but I feel like Harden would try to take over. It, it Harden would try to take over in a sense, right. which I understand that. But I would like I don't know if Jokic is going to bark back if that happens like one team i would actually wholeheartedly love to see harden go to the blazers because you pair him with dame dame can now play off ball imagine dame not being the focus of a team and we've seen what he does as the focus of a team like you you might have to get rid of cj but you can still keep mellow maybe get rid of collins or nurkage probably will be collins and at least you hope so. Um, like you, you, you have some good pieces. You would have some good pieces around there. Um, but I, I also like the Embiid pairing as well. I think that would be that would be great, and it gives somebody to actually get him the ball, Embiid the ball, that's and good. score as well. So I do like that. Man, one. it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure um, having you on, um, yeah. topping it up with us, NBA talks. Um, if you guys want to definitely connect with with my boy Trey. Get a bucket podcast um, in all streaming platforms, um, uh, YouTube. He's, he's got the audio versions as well um, on Instagram. Are you on Twitter as well, I believe? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, like if you go to like, – everything's on my Instagram in, that, uh, in, in the Linktree bio or the Linktree links awesome. that I have. Pleasure to have you on. And um, you got to be a returning guest with us for sure. Hey, I'm 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 definitely down for it. Just let me just let me know, guys. No doubt, man. Enjoy this conversation, dog. Keep, keep, hey, keep appreciate it. And likewise, bro. Like, like I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was telling them about your stuff. Like, y'all keep doing what y'all doing. Like, I like the dynamic, the conversation. Like, it, it's 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 actually like good content out here. So I definitely no I definitely appreciate y'all. That actually wraps up our segments for today. We appreciate that. And um, sure. we'll see you guys next time. Hey, everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight, if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. SevyPodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, The Sebi Podcast is wherever you go.